This morning we are looking at to work on the inner you. <laughs> to work on the inner you. The message is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. If this scripture text sounds a little familiar, we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 last week. But some of the previous verses with the uh, clay and the potter. This week we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. And um, which one do you have up there? The message? We'll read the message first and then we'll read the NIV, which is the text that I'm going to uh, speak of today. So we're not giving up. Oh, oh, that's fine. I saw, I, saw, I saw a message up there. I'm sorry. I don't need... I, oh. Uh, he couldn't read my notes either. I can't read my notes half the time, you know. So anyhow, we'll read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18 in the NIV version. All right. And it says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what, we, what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporal, what is unseen is eternal. Well, last week we spoke about the clay pitchers, <laughs> potter and the clay, and how that we are like clay jars, that we carry around a treasure that is inside of us. And the treasure is, the most important treasure is our relationship with Jesus Christ. But also inside of us are our gifts and our abilities and our talents. And it is the indwelling of God's presence that helps us open up these treasures and these giftings. And we carry around this all-surpassing power that is of the glory of God, and that's in the previous scriptures. So Paul admonishes us not to be preoccupied with the clay pot. <laughs> you know, don't be, we need to pay attention, you know, you don't, you have to um, dress it up, you know. <laughs> you, you see some people that uh, are very disheveled and things, that's not what he's saying, don't pay attention to your, to your dress or anything, but he's saying... We do not need to be preoccupied with this clay pot, but we need to be more preoccupied with the treasure of God that is within us. And uh, we, remember last, we remember verse 8 of last week. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. So in verse 16 of our text, he says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. The inward man is being renewed day by day. So Paul is facing some real adversities here in prison, and he is writing to the church at Corinth, and he's trying to help them out. He's trying to get them to adhere to what he has already said to them in his first letter, 1 Corinthians. And so he has been in prison for a while. He knows what it is like, this clay pitcher, uh, to be experiencing um, difficulties, you know, being chained to a prison guard and, you know, all those other things. And we'll talk about that a little later. But this, and, and so he was able then to focus and to recognize the value of, of what's on the inside more than what is on the outside. And so he, he says, don't be discouraged. He says, uh, do not lose heart. 
And it's, it's hard for us sometimes not to lose heart because we have expectations. And when our expectations are not met, we have a challenge with it, that we either change our expectations or that something else has to happen and, and all those types of things. Well, Paul, I don't think, was really looking forward to, in his earlier life, spending his last years of his life in prison. And being in prison because of his faith. And this was having its toll on him. And he's telling the Corinthians, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart in where you're at, and that there is a distinction between the outer you and the inner you. The outer you is your body and your reputation, The inner you is your character, your spirit, your soul. Your outer you is what everybody sees. What is on the inner is the invisible. Outer can be coerced, pulled and pushed by others. The inner is always free to make choices. The outer you is temporal. That means it's, it's going to eventually perish And the inner you is eternal. The outer you is changing, (laughs) perishing, slowly but surely, age is having its effect upon us. And we can kick and struggle, but, you know, it's still going to happen. It's funny, we were just talking about that this morning. Someone was mentioning that around the table um, (laughs) before Sunday school. But we know that the marketplace is full of solutions. There's creams and there's pills and there's fitness, there's Botox. Lift it, tuck it, tan it, dress it. But all the time, what's going to happen? <laughs> so the statistic I hate, though, is that if you're over 30, you lose 1,000 brain cells every day. No wonder I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just kind of diminishing there. And, you know, what I truly despise is gravity. You know, one time I had a 46-inch chest. Now I have a 46-inch waist. <laughs> it's gravity. <laughs> yeah. I, I got that furniture disease. My chest sunk to my drawers. And uh, so it's just one of those things, you know. You just got to watch out for furniture and stuff and gravity. So, you know... <laughs> I'm not going to repeat some of those things. But anyhow, (laughs) Ecclesiastes says, all are from dust and to dust we will return. Isn't that exciting? So as we look at our life, the exciting part is that you will never cease to exist. The exciting part is that your life is eternal. Now, the (laughs) package may change. But the inner life never changes. In fact, it continues to grow. It continues to develop. And it continues to embrace what God, the kingdom of heaven, is at hand. That this inner us, this inner you, embraces that kingdom, the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is that which works on the inner you that makes a difference on the outer you. And so when God is at work, we are becoming... Not following, not falling apart. We are becoming what God wants us to be. Our vessel within us, we spoke last week and with what Paul had written about, 
is to be filled with the glory of God, with the light of God, and that God is at work and he sees and he knows the inner you. He loves us beyond what we can ever imagine. We spoke in uh, Sunday school a little bit about um, whenever we pray. Prayer isn't begging. Prayer is not begging. Prayer is allowing the kingdom, allowing our communication to be with God. And that we are reciting, praying, reminding ourselves of God's promises about what's going on in our life. And it's like, I liken it to the idea that we have a relational experience with Jesus. His kingdom is already here. The kingdom of this world in Revelation says it'll soon kind of dissolve and disappear and go away, but the kingdom of God will never disappear. And the inner you, the inner us, will live forever in the kingdom of heaven. And we are, ex- we are experiencing that kingdom in our hearts and our minds whenever we pray, when we read the word, whenever we allow God to touch our lives in the present and to influence into how we act outwardly. We live as if we're going to live forever. We plan as if Jesus is coming back today. So we live as if we're going to live forever. I'm going, you and I, we're going to be here a thousand years from now. Not here, here, but here in the Spirit. And that our new bodies and a new heaven and a new earth, and we're going to be part of that because Jesus said so. Jesus told us. And so as we embrace his kingdom, we're embracing the strength and the love and the, and the power of that kingdom, and we're allowing it to be poured into this earthen vessel. Paul says we carry, it about, we carry about this precious treasure in clay pots. <laughs> yeah. This precious treasure we carry around in clay pots. The treasure of eternal life. Now, we're very tempted to look on the outward, but God is the one who looks on the inward. And I was, we'll read 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 5, 6, and 7. And Samuel was called to go and anoint a new king. And so Samuel replied, Yes, in peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come, to sacrifice, come and sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Elab, Elab and thought, Surely the Lord's appointed stands here before the Lord. And what was he looking at? He was looking at the outward man. He looked like a king. Surely this is the guy that's going to be anointed king. But the Lord told Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height. I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God looks at the inner you. He looks at the inner you, the part of us that is going to live forever. It's that part that God is at work on. So we look around us and we see all of the outer parts of us. We don't see the inner part. The inner part which speaks of our character and speaks of our love and speaks of our forgiveness and speaks of God's blessing in our life and how that we have changed from the inside out. You know, God has made a difference in our lives. 
God has made a difference in your life. Think about it. Where would you be, where would we be, if we hadn't allowed God to influence our thinking, our direction, our attendance, our listening to the Scripture? Where would we be if God had never been involved in our life? We'd be lost. (laughs) Right would appear to be wrong. Problems would seem to be greater than we could ever handle. Stealing and cheating and lying (laughs) would be just part of our life. But you see, it's not part of who we are. We're different. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, God is with me. God makes a difference in me. He makes a difference in the way I see things. He makes a difference in the way that I hear things. You see, Paul, when he was writing this letter to, this, to the, the Corinthians, this second letter, he's trying to guide the Corinthians in their faith. He's trying to get them to understand the principles that he sent to, him, sent to them in the first letter. See, the Corinthian church, there were, there were no Christians before Paul got there. This is a whole new thing for them. You know, we get all upset, you know, sometimes the church gets all upset with the political things going on in our world and how that, you know, this thing is going against the church and this thing is going against the church. Well, when Paul and them started this whole thing, there weren't Christians. (laughs) There were no Christian values influencing their society. And they came in and they came on the scene and by the power of God, they changed the world. We're not inheriting the world. We are changing the world. And, we are not, and, and, and it isn't, is, is, I don't think it's so much important that the values of our system reflect Christianity. I believe that the values of our system should, the values of God's system should be reflected in us that influences our, our system. That we make a difference in our lives. That the church is not something that is laughed at, It's something that is powerfully moving in the lives of others through you and I. Powerfully influencing people by the way we think and how we deal with people, how we forgive, how we allow our life to be a light of Christ. And we're not doing it because we make up our mind to. We are doing it because there is a light inside of the container that cannot be extinguished. There is a power inside of the container that influences how I think and how I do, how I live. Makes a difference. And I don't do it because I have to sit down and think, well, I have to make a choice between right and wrong. No, there is this power that worketh in us, this power of God, this power of the Spirit, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I am living in God's kingdom, and God's kingdom is here now in me and in you. And that kingdom has its influence upon everything we do and say and everywhere we go. It has its influence upon our expectations. It has an influence upon how we pray, what we believe, what we have needs for. You know, one of the criticisms of Paul was that he was not a very impressive person to look at. (laughs) But when you consider the wear and tear on Paul's body, he was whipped and stoned and starved. He was beaten. (laughs) You know, I don't know what a day and a night floating in the deep would do to you. (laughs) 
floating in the sea. He was locked in a cell. He's been behind bars for years. At times, chained, handcuffed to soldiers. At times, just thrown in dungeons. And Paul knew what it was for the clay pitcher to be thrown down, but not broken. He knew what it was like to be inward, we're inwardly carrying this light, this life that is in Christ that some people became very envious of and very rebellious to. And he proclaimed in verse 16, the second part of it, though outwardly we are wasting away, wasting away, prison food, (laughs) that's what I was thinking of, wasting away, outwardly we are wasting away, prison food. You know, uh, in El Salvador, there was a, um, a young pastor who was falsely accused by a couple of uh, young girls that he was trying to discipline in the school system. You know, we have um, Latin American child care. We've been supporting that for 20-some years, 30-some years, however it's been, and that pays for children to go to school. Well, there were a couple of children who were needed discipline and of course even in El Salvador the parents are going to take on the the role the parents you know you know like to here in the U.S. defend their children you know they were not going to let them be expelled from the school so they brought charges against this pastor that he had done something wrong and so he was immediately arrested now and, and you know and if these charges were true it would have been you know the right thing to do But when you consider that 80% of the murders in El Salvador are never resolved, (laughs) and somebody in that country, there are more, well, forget about that. But there are, there's a lot of murders and peoples and things, you know, it's a horrendous place for crime. So this pastor was thrown in prison. And, you know, they kept saying that he was innocent, and the children said that, well, he had done this, and the parents were backing the children, and so he was in prison. And the prisons are so overcrowded that there would be two or three in a cot, and this guy slept on the floor underneath the bottom cot. (laughs) And in El Salvador, about every six months, there's a prison riot. And maybe 30, 50 people are killed in the riots. It's their way of thinning out the, the prison population. But wasting away is that they are served prison food, but families are only allowed to visit once a week, and they bring in food to the prisoners. (laughs) And that's how they survive. And Paul is wasting away. And, you know, to finish the story, after about six months, nine months, whatever it was, these children, (laughs) they came back and told the truth that they... This, this pastor did nothing to them and that he, they were, he was trying to discipline them and they were not going to have it. And so they had brought up these charges and there was nothing we were going to do about it. They wanted him dropped and they wanted him out of prison. And, and the idea is that he was falsely accused and he spent this time living and, and virtually um, f- afraid for his life in this prison in which there are very few, not enough guards and not enough room and not enough food, and it's a very terrible place to be. Well, 
Paul says, I'm wasting away. And you understand that there are things that happen to the outward man and there are things that happen to the inward man. And it is the inward man that gives us strength so the outward man can carry on. Do not lose hope, he says. Uh, so we're not giving up. We're not giving up. We're not giving in. We're not, we're, this is an inner thing that goes on inside of us. This is an inner desire. This is an inner challenge because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The promises of God are alive in my life because of what God has done in me. Paul says uh, of, of getting more hopeful. Even though he knows he will soon die in prison, he will soon be um, beheaded or hung or his life will be over, he knows that it's coming to the end, but yet he says he is more hopeful than ever before. He says, I keep loving people more, even the people who put me in prison. Paul states, I am dying on the outside, but inside I'm coming to life. And it's like this whole understanding of things being changed from what he thought was important to what he knows is important. His thoughts ran constantly heavenward, that with each situation and with each day, his thoughts went heavenward. And this is the challenge of our inner man, that no matter what happens in our life, we just take those things and just shoot them heavenward. That no matter what comes into our life, the inner man takes him right to God. Why? Because God is with us. We are living in the kingdom of heaven, and God's will is to be accomplished in us as it is in heaven. And no matter what happens in our world around us, this inner man can never fade away, never deteriorate, will live on forever. And we become stronger and stronger and stronger. Paul wrote to the church in Rome, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? So he knew that firsthand, nothing is going to separate me from this kingdom of heaven that is here and now. I am in the kingdom of heaven. Because I am in Christ, Christ is in me. Thy will be done in me, in earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our sins this day as I forgive others this day, the kingdom of heaven. I need to do this by the strength of God that comes into my life. This is the you in you that can never be defeated. Heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never pass away. It is the word of God that is alive in us. And no matter what happens in our world, there's a life inside of us that will live forever because of the word. And no matter what difficulties come, that there is the word inside of me that gives me hope and direction. That God will see me through, that God will take care of us, that God will provide for us. That's the you we pay attention to the one that will live forever, carrying the light. You see, gravity has its pull on us. <laughs> gravity has its pull on us. <laughs> but heaven has a hold of us. God is in our hands. We are in God's hands. He is in our hands. You know, 
our outer you, the outer part of us, is important. We, we rejoice in our strengths. We recognize that we have limitations. We believe for the impossible. We focus on God with our promotions and our setbacks. But our outer you is wasting away. And whether we live to be 150, it still doesn't matter, or we live to be 900 years old, this body is still going to waste away. And the inner you, the inner us, is going to live forever. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. He will quicken your mortal bodies. The trumpet of God shall sound. The dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. That in this kingdom of God, we can pray and we can believe and know that God will intervene on our behalf. The inner you is capable of glory that we cannot imagine. You know, we went uh, skiing (laughs) yesterday, and there's this, um, I go on the very, don't worry, I don't, I do all the little easy ones. (laughs) I don't do any diamonds and double black diamonds and that. Those are way out of my range yet. But I do the easy ones, you know. And there's this one place that we just like to stop. It's on a trail. You just stop, and it's kind of just beautiful. Trees and snow, and it's kind of like in a holler. <laughs> and it's there. You just sit in the wind. No matter how windy it is, it's kind of just peaceful right there. And I just like to stop there. Every time we're on a trail, I always go there and I always stop. And it's just that place that is peaceful. And that's the inner you part that finds those places of beauty, that finds those places of comfort, those places of peace, that even in the midst of difficulty, there's this place that we go to in our inner self, that is at peace. And it's there that we pray. It's there that we open our lives to God and ask for his strength and his power to flow into us, to give us directions for the decisions we make. And this is capable of great glory. First John says, Beloved, now are we children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. We have this hope in us that we're going to see Jesus, and we're going to be just like him. Eternal beings. That's what we were created for, to live and be with God. And our life here, we are, we are in this life. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is here, and the kingdom of God influences us. And the kingdom of heaven through the scriptures and through the Holy Spirit and through God's love and grace and mercy and peace influences us like the potter and the clay. The hand of God molds our lives so that we can be vessels that can be filled with his glory. And so we take the scriptures, we take our needs, and we pray. God, greater is you that is in me than than he that is in the world. Because I'm in this world, in the kingdom of God, and there are problems around me, but the spirit that is in me is greater than that that is out there. 
the needs that I have today, God, give us this day our daily bread. The daily provisions that I need for my life, I'm in your kingdom. This world is not going to dictate what I have. God, I'm in your kingdom. Give me your riches in here, in my mind, in what I see, what I expect. Let those riches touch my life. Renew my thinking. Think on the things that are lovely. Paul says this, think on the things that are lovely, that are pure, of a good report. If there be any virtue, be any praise, think on these things. Why would Paul say that? Because he's chained to a prisoner and he's locked in a prison. And he could get really down on himself and on God and everything else and all the people who had forsaken him and left him. But he says, I'm not going to do it. The kingdom of heaven is with me. Think on the things that are lovely. Pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to where they direct you. Allow God's word to direct your thoughts heavenward. Build your inward man. For the inward man is being renewed day by day. The inward man is being renewed day by day. The inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man is renewed day by day. The outward man deteriorates day by day. It may take 150 years, but eventually it's going to get there. But the inward man is renewed day by day. Amen? Shall we stand? <laughs> now, I won't have us quote, the outward man is being decayed. <laughs> and we won't curse gravity. <laughs> but we will remember the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Everything that comes into our life is sent heavenward. And the kingdom of heaven is where? Heavenward is... Send it to Christ all around us. And my inner man, day by day, it's renewed. Day by day, it's renewed. Amen? Father, thank you for the daily renewal program. <laughs> we don't have to eat it. We don't have to drink it. We don't have to run after it. We don't have to pay for it. God, we don't have to answer an advertisement. But God, it is presented to us as a gift of our Creator. It is a gift to us, a gift of eternal life. We receive it, O oh Lord. We receive your forgiveness. We receive your renewal in our lives by your Spirit. Bless this day. Bless us, O oh Lord, as we partake of our communion with you. In this, the kingdom of heaven. Everybody said, amen. And we're going downstairs, have a brief lunch, and then our business meeting. <laughs>